Who are the real people we consider our sages? Who were they in life? What is the legacy they left us? Join Rabbi Danny Saxton for the next hour as he explores the lives of our Torah giants, the spiritual geniuses who shaped the way we approach Judaism today. That's Focus on Our Sages right now on 101.9 High FM. Good afternoon and welcome to Soul to Soul. Always great to be with you on a Wednesday afternoon here at High FM. And uh, always wonderful to have the opportunity to share Torah ideas with you, rich, beautiful, deep Torah ideas that guide us through our lives and through the circumstances we are facing. And uh, as we are all uh, going through this crisis of corona, which has taken over the world, which has quite unbelievably turned everything upside down, who could possibly could have imagined that this is where we would be in 2020. Uh, last Rosh Hashanah, we all davened that Hashem should give us a good year and a successful year and a healthy year. And uh, nobody in their wildest dreams would have imagined that what's happened in 2020 would have been the case. Um, and uh, that shows us certainly that we are not in control, but God is in control. And we are all very vulnerable, delicate creatures. And God gives us this great gift of life, this wonderful privilege to be alive in God's magnificent world, and we have a job to do. We have a mission to perform. There's a reason why we were created, and that is that we should work on ourselves. We should develop and grow spiritually. We should learn to overcome our body and our physical urges, and we should listen to our soul because we are all made up of body and soul, of physical and spiritual, and the question of life, the journey of life is really about which of those parts of our being are dominant, which of those parts of our being are in control. With most human beings on the planet, unfortunately, um, we are not educated in the right way and don't even know that there is this struggle and challenge going on inside of all of us. Um, as Jews, we're very fortunate and privileged to have the Holy Torah, and the Holy Torah guides us. It is the handbook for living is God's instruction for how we are to live in this world. And the Torah teaches us very clearly that it is the soul that should be emphasized and the soul should be in control of the body. And that's not an easy thing. That takes a lot of hard work. That takes a lot of dedication and focus. That takes a lot of conscious um, saying, consciously saying no to, the, to oneself and to and yes to the soul to the neshama, to our eternal being and our eternal life. And the, the life in this world is just to build up our eternal um, rewards that will be waiting for us on the other side in the next world in Ulam Haba. This world is the place of work, of toil, of effort, of putting in um, the blood, sweat and tears in order to be able to achieve the uh, grand edifice of spiritual eternity, which we all have the capacity to do. And that, like everything in life, nothing comes easy. There's no free lunches, and it requires work. First, we have to know why we're here. That's what Masila Shusharim says. We have to understand why are we in this world? Why did God create us? What's the purpose of our existence? Once we have that clarity, which the Torah gives us, um, then we have the work to do. Then we've got to do the job. Then we've got to um, learn to work on spiritual things and learn to do God's 
commandments, the mitzvahs. And each time we do a mitzvah, we're saying yes to the soul and to eternity, and we're overcoming the inertia and the loneliness of our physical being of the body. So that's life in a nutshell, uh, very briefly, of, of uh, what our purpose is according to the Torah in this world. And the Torah guides us. So even though we're going through difficult times, even though we're experiencing the global pandemic and the world has changed, the new normal is something that we all are uh, struggling to get used to as we uh, limit our interaction in society and do the that which is essential and uh, try and be at home as much as possible and try and take, and take all of the precautions necessary, like our social distancing, like wearing masks, like washing our hands, like not touching our faces, etc. So those are the new reality that we face. And we it can be frightening. It is a frightening reality that we face in the world today. But having a good understanding of what we're doing here and what life is about certainly will give us the ability to navigate the stormy waters and to fulfill our purpose in a, with, in a positive way, in a way where we are optimistic and where we are happy and where we are positive and we are not down and anxious and depressed. Okay, so what I would like to share with you one or two powerful ideas which um, which reinforce what I've been saying about what the Jewish understanding of life is and the Jewish understanding of our existence. Uh, one of the things that obviously we are missing very badly is uh, our um, ability to come together in our communities and to um, to daven as a community, to, to daven in a minion and to share life with the community. Anybody who's part of a community um, understands, firstly, of course, there are many religious um, religious uh, rituals that can only be done with a kehila, with a minion. Um, so we miss out on that. And, of course, the, the joys and the and the support that one gets from a community is so powerful and so important and so, and, uh, and so valuable in our life's journey. One of the things that we're missing most, I'm speaking for myself, is we, um, are, are, we don't have Torah reading. We're not able to read from the Torah, um, because we don't have a minion. We, one can only read from the Torah when one has a minion. And the, um, the, uh, the function of the reading from the Torah is very important, very powerful, and it's, it's something that uh, the Jewish people rely on and need very much. So um, that's, uh, there's, a beautiful, there's some beautiful um, verses that we quote when we read the Torah. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. So we're discussing how the Torah guides us through our lives and guides us through difficult circumstances and situations as we are all facing together, all human beings on this planet are facing this tremendous challenge of the pandemic of COVID-19, and we are still to be positive and still to um, do our job and uh, fulfill the mission for which God created us. There's a very interesting midrash that tells us that there are not five books in the Torah, but there are seven books in the Torah. Now, um, what does that mean, there's seven books in the Torah? Well, the midrash says that the psukim, the verses that, that were read 
in the parsha two weeks ago, parsha's Baaloisacha, there were two verses that we read, and these two verses are bracketed by upside down nuns. In other words, before these two verses appear, there's an upside down nun, and after these two verses appear, there's an upside down nun. So any Sefer Torah, any kosher Sefer Torah um, in the world that you open up, and it's incredible that how uniform Sifrei Torah are all over the world because it's the Word of God and it's accurate, and it's uh, the the Sefer Torah we have, uh, those are the words that Moses wrote down, that God gave him and told him to write down. And that's been the Sefer Torah within the Jewish people for over 3,000 years. And it is uniform on four corners of the globe. Quite incredible. One of the great proofs of the authenticity of our tradition. Um, and so if you open Parshas Ba'a Loisacha and you go to chapter 10, verse 35, um, so you'll see what I'm talking about, these two verses. Now, these two verses are very famous. We'll, they're familiar to all of us because they are the verses that we say when we take the Torah out of the ark. As the verse says, that when the Aaron would move, Moshe said, Kuma Hashem, Araz Hashem, and scatter your enemies, and cause your um, those that hate you to um, spread spread out to go away. That's what the pasuk means. Ca- cause them to flee. Um, and the second pasuk is And when it would uh, be still and not be traveling, Moshe would say return amongst the myriads, thousands of Israel. So, and um, these are the verses that we say. The first verse we say when we take the Aaron out the ark. And the second verse we say when we return the Aaron back into the ark. So the Gemara in Shabbos says that these two verses are a safer in of, of themselves. They are a separate book of the Torah. And therefore we have seven books of the Torah, says the Gemara. Um, we have Bereshis, we have Shmos, we have Vayikra. We have Bamidbar up until um, chapter 10, verse 35. Then the, the, that's the fourth book. Then the fifth book is these two verses of... Uh, uh, verse 35, verse 36. Then the sixth book would be um, from chapter 11 till the end of Bamidbar. And the seventh book is Devarim. That's what the Gemara says. Now, a very interesting question that Sivil Shalom asks. Sivil Shalom says that the Torah is a book of mitzvahs, isn't it? The Torah is God's instruction to humankind. The Torah is what God tells us um, we are to be doing in this world. What our mission is and what our purpose is and how we are to act and what are the commandments are that we have to fulfill. Um, and those are the mitzvahs. So if the Torah is a book of mitzvahs, how could the Gemara say that these two verses are a book in of themselves, a book in and of themselves of the Torah? Because there are no mitzvahs in these two verses. These two verses don't tell us anything. They would just say, when the Aaron would travel, Moses would say to God, cause your um, enemies to scatter and cause those that hate you to flee. And there's no mitzvah over there. And when the, when the Torah would rest, he, uh, Moses would say, return Hashem to the thousand myriads of Israel. So there's no mitzvahs over there. So how could the Gemara say that this is a separate book in the Torah? And he answers very beautifully. He says the Torah is not only about mitzvahs. And the, Torah, the Torah is not just a book about commandments. It's also a book to tell us how to live. What he calls derech Hashem, the way of Hashem. The Torah is a set of instructions of commandments and of how we should live our lives, how we should see the world, how we should understand the world, how we should 
um, be thinking and uh, viewing life and everything in it. So we see over here, he says, these two verses are very powerful instructions to how we should understand life and what we're doing. And explains the following. He says, in Simba, when the Aaron would travel, so that's referring to um, every single Jew. All of us, we are all at Aaron. And Aaron, what was the Aaron? The Aaron carried the Torah. It carried the luchos, the broken luchos, which were, um, which were uh, the first set of luchos that Moshe broke when at the Chaita Egel, when the Jewish people worshipped the golden calf, which is the anniversary of that, is Shiva Asafa Tammuz, is on the 17th of Tammuz, which is not far away. Today is the 2nd of Tammuz, so it's 15 days away, the fast of Shiva Asafa Tammuz. Um, and the se- and also there was a second tablet that Moses brought down after he came down, um, and he had wrote those tablets himself. And inside also was a Sefer Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote. That was inside the Aaron. So the Aaron represents the vehicle that carries the Torah. In the world, who's the vehicle that carries the Torah? It's the Aaron, yes, literally. But it's every single Jew. We all carry the Torah. We all have Torah inside of us. We all co- observe the Torah. We all fulfill the Torah. So we are also an Aaron. So the Pasuk says, Vahi bin Soa Aaron, when the Aaron travels. Now what does it mean the Aaron travels? What does it mean that a Jew travels? It means when a Jew is growing. And how does one grow in this world? The way we grow is when we face adversity. Is when we push through difficulties and challenges that we are faced with in our lives. It's, it's the same in the spiritual world as it is in the physical world. In the physical world, a person wants to work out, right? They want to build their muscles and their physique. So they have to work out and they have to, um, they have to, uh, pick up weights and they pump iron and that strains the muscles and that's a difficulty and it's challenging and they're sweating and they're exhausted. But the more, the, the, the more they push themselves in um, picking up those heavy weights, the more they build their muscles. Spiritually, it's the same thing. The more challenges we face, the more difficulties we encounter, the more we move out of our comfort zone to confront the ordeals that come our way in our lives, the more we grow. So growth comes through difficulty and hardship and facing up to those ordeals. And that's what it represents. We've been so Aaron, when the Aaron travels means when the Jew is growing, when the Jew is going through difficulty, when the Jew is facing adversity in their life. The Yoimer Moshe. So Moshe then said, Kuma Hashem, Hashem rise up and cause your enemies to scatter. The enemies are the Yetzirah. Uh, and those that hate you cause them to flee because when we are facing these challenges we are vulnerable that's when the Yetzirah can really go for us when we are find ourselves in circumstances that are difficult and situations that are challenging so we are vulnerable to the Yetzirah derailing the whole process we are vulnerable to the Yetzirah really bringing the whole house down and causing us to lose our way and lose our perspective and make bad decisions and fail in our journey, in our task, you know, really to sabotage ourselves. So, so Moshe Rabbeinu says, when the Aaron's traveling, when the Jew is growing and facing difficult times, Hashem rise up and defeat the Yetzirah, cause your enemies to scatter and cause those that hate you to flee, which is referring to the Yetzirah. In other words, Hashem, help your people when they're facing difficulty and challenge and um, assist them in succeeding in that mission, in those challenges that they're facing in their lives. Isn't that a beautiful understanding? Really, really powerful and beautiful. So it says 
the Siva Shalom, that of course is one of the central aspects of the life of a Jew, is that we are to rise to the challenge when we are facing difficulty, and we look to Hashem to assist us in those times, and to give us siyata tashmaya, and help us overcome and move through those challenging times without sabotaging ourselves, and destroying our lives, and destroying our relationships, and and uh, taking the lower road. So, so uh, very pertinent to all of our lives is this verse, is that when we're growing, Hashem help us and assist us, help us defeat those negative forces that try and scuttle everything and cause us to fail. Um, so that's the first verse. And the second verse, and of course that applies very much right now to our world, our global crisis of COVID-19, when things are difficulty, uh, difficult and things are hard, and we are stressed out, and from many different points of view, we have large financial strains that we are all facing as a result of the South African economy and the world economy under such so much pressure. Um, we are facing personal issues that people are finding themselves anxious and finding themselves worried about the future and worried about their health and worried about their children and worried about their parents and, of course, about themselves. So this is really a challenging time. And so this Pasuk... This verse is very apt to what we're all going through right now. And that is that we are to stand up to the challenge and remain focused as who we are and what we're doing and why we're in this world. And we're here to serve God and, and fulfill His mitzvahs, to remain positive, to see the good in God's world, to um, not become despondent and despairing. Of course, we put in all the efforts we're supposed to and all the precautions that any sensible person would. But we trust that Hashem will help us and we trust that we'll succeed and we trust that we will fulfill our purpose in this world, whatever that may be. It doesn't mean it's all going to be fine, but it means that um, where we are is where we are supposed to be and we trust in God and we surrender to God and we remain positive and we remain um, focused and we go about our duties and our responsibilities to the best of our ability without throwing in the towel and despairing and um and disconnecting um, from our purpose and our responsibility. So that's the first verse. And the second verse says in Siva Shalom, is Uvanoicha Yomar. So when we take the Torah back, we say, when it rested, Shuvah Hashem Ruvos Apa Israel. Hashem, Moshe would say, return Hashem to the thousand myriads of Israel. In other words, when we're not going through stressful times, when we're not going through um, challenges and difficulties in our lives, so we ask Hashem, that we use that space and that time to connect with Hashem, to be close to Hashem, shuva Hashem, return Hashem. At that time, return to the Jewish people. Let the Jewish people connect to you. Let the Jewish people be close to you. Let the Jewish people push away their um, appetites for power and pleasure and create space in their hearts and in their world for your presence to be, for them to connect to you and for them to get close to you. So we see that the second verse also is very beautiful and very powerful, is that when we are dealing with, um, when we're not going through challenging times, but we're having good times, and we're experiencing health and prosperity and security, so then we shouldn't squander those good times on nonsense, on frivolities, on those things that are worthless, on chasing our passions and our drives and our pursuit for power and pleasure, but rather we should use the luxury of, of those good times to get close to God, to serve God, to make a spiritual connection with the eternal being. So these two verses really um, capture the life of a Jew, 
on the one hand through our stress and difficulty, we ask Hashem to help us, to help us defeat our enemies and to remain on the straight and narrow and do what we are supposed to. And on the other hand, in the good times, we ask Hashem to help us not get lost in this flood of desire and of pleasure that surrounds us in this world, but rather that we should use those opportunities of ease and of comfort and of security to connect to God and to be what Siddur Shalom calls be Hashem, to cling to Hashem, which is the role and responsibility for each and every one of us in this world. So those are two beautiful explanations of these two verses. And uh, so every time we take the Torah out, we should think about this. Every time we take the Torah back, please God, it should be soon that we get back to our shuls and we're able to take out the Torah and read from the Torah and take it back to the Aaron. But it's a beautiful guide for all of our lives in understanding um, how we should deal with the different situations that God sends us. Uh, we'll be back in a moment after this ad break. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. Now we move on to describe another, to discuss another very powerful incident that the Torah describes, which is of great value to us also and, and does uh, very much connect to what we've been saying up to now. And that is this uh, enigmatic figure called Korach. Korach was a, um, and that's the, 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 the Torah reading of this week. Korach was an individual who was of greatness. He was a great person. He was somebody who had wisdom. He was somebody who had um, a, a respect in the community. He was somebody who had achieved many great things in his life. And we see he takes on Moshe Rabbeinu, takes on Moses, which was which is quite a difficult thing to understand because um, how could it be that um, somebody as smart and as accomplished as Korach would do something so foolish to take on Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu, the greatest human being that's ever lived. Ish Moshe Adam, Miko Adam, Adam. Moshe is the most humble person that's ever walked the earth. And that's what God says of Moshe. So who in their right minds is going to take on Moshe? You know, excuse the, the pun, it's like me stepping in the ring with Mike Tyson, you know. Uh, that would be a very foolish thing to do, wouldn't it? Because I wouldn't last five seconds, one Tyson punch and down I go, you know. So it's, it's the same thing. It's the, it's, a, it's the same mismatch of Korach and Moshe, even though Korach's a great person, even though I'm a great athlete, right? So, but compared to Moshe Rabbeinu, Korach is is nothing. He's mild in comparison. So how could it be that he goes up against Moshe? And furthermore, um, we see that he doesn't go up against Moshe alone, but he has a whole group of people that are supporting him. There's a whole bunch of Korach that's called Korach V'adasor, Korach and his followers. There were 250 of them, and all of them also accomplished people. These were not people that were dropouts of society and unknowns, they were all accomplished individuals, they were called, uh, you know, nsuim, um, which means ansheigadoyim, great people, that's what our sages tell us about them. So how too could they go up against Moshe? And, and, and another question also, the Midrash Rabbah tells us that Moshe said, okay, you challenging, you know, my authority and the authority of my brother, you're saying that I am raising myself up uh, 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 above everybody else and that I'm giving the kahuna 
to Aaron, my brother, and that I'm superior. Um, let's have a test. And Hashem says this is the test. Everybody will take their pan with incense and offer it up. The, the, the offering that is accepted by Hashem, um, will, that will support the argument that we're having. Hashem will show us which, who is correct through those offerings. And so Korach goes with his 250 supporters. Now the Midrash says that only one is going to be accepted. The only one can be the Kohen Gadol. Not everybody. So it's either Aaron or it's Korach or it's one of Korach's supporters. But not all of them can be. So how could they all go for this? You know, it's, it's a, it seems to be a, a crazy gamble that they're all taking. You know, it's like a, person who's addicted to gambling and who, you know, who uh, has lost everything. He's lost his wife, he's lost his family, he's lost his, his house, he's lost his car. And he says, no, but this time I'm going to win. This time it's going to, this time is different. This time I'm definitely going to win. You know, that's the person who's addicted to gambling. So it seems to be that the, this incident in the Torah is no different. You know, what, what are the chances of any of them winning? Uh, maybe Korach, maybe Aaron, but certainly unlikely any of the others. And this was uh, the only one person the Torah tells us got this, and this was a very wise woman. Um, there was the wife of On ben Peles. On ben Peles originally supported Korach, and his wife, who saved him and who convinced him and who um, shared with him her very wise understanding, which is usually the case in marriages, that the woman gets it, the woman has a very clear understanding and perspective, Men very often follow their agendas or, you know, whatever it is that's driving them in a particular area. And the wise man will listen to his smart wife and uh, take her guidance. And that's what On did. And uh, because she said to him very cleverly, she said, you know, what's it to you who wins this? Like, It's not going to be you, my friend. You know, I, I love you and you're a great person and you've achieved great things. But you, you're not going to be Kohen Gadol. It's either going to be Aaron or it's going to be Korach. It's not going to be you. So why put your life on the line? Why take the risk? Why um, put yourself, put your head on the block? And obviously that was very, very smart advice. And so On pulls out. He doesn't um, join the rest in the rebellion. This is all from the Gomorrah and Sanhedrin, which describes all of these things in, in uh, lots of detail. So why did the others go for it? And we see that the Abair was so severe that um, obviously we know what happened, that the the offering of Aaron is the one that's chosen. And the ground, Moshe says, if these men die a normal death, so then I was wrong and they were right. But if these men die a death that's never seen before, where their ground opens up and swallows them, so then um, these individuals are going to, so then you'll see that um, that I was right and they were wrong. And that's exactly what happens. The ground opens up. Incredible. Can you imagine? Such a scene, you know, the, the latest Netflix, um, movie and, uh, um, uh, a tremendous, you know, what do they call it on uh, the movies? The, uh, um, stuntmen or whatever it is, the special effects, even the greatest special effects couldn't capture the drama of this moment. You know, the, the land, the ground opening up. You've got Kaisal, three million people. And only when Korach and his supporters are standing does their, does the ground open up amongst them and everybody else is fine and they get, uh, sucked into the, the the depths of the earth. Unbelievable things going on over there. Um, and it says that they, they're suffering for for generations, forever. Um, the Gomorrah Baba Basha tells us of Rabbi Bar Barachama, who was walking in the desert, and he heard a crack in the desert, and he heard 
the Korach Ba'adas was shouting out, Moshe Emes was Sorasa Emes, Moshe is too, and his Torah is true. So it was not just a once for punishment, but it continues for thousands of years. Um, the, the Gehenim that they're going through, that there's no Tikkun, um, such an enormous chait, an enormous sin, that there's no rectification for it. So, um, so we see that, uh, firstly, just to mention by the side, is what was the severity of the sin? Why was it so bad? Why was it so bad? Because they challenged the Masoira. They challenged the Munas Chachamim. That when somebody takes on the legitimacy of the Torah and its transmission from God to Moses, to Yeshua, to the Zakanim, down the uh, generations to us now in 2020, when somebody challenges the authenticity of the Masoira, that is one of the worst things a person can do because they undermine the entire Torah, the truth of the Torah, which is um, God's revealing himself to humanity in the world. And obviously that's a very severe transgression to undermine the veracity of, of and the truth of that. So um, so we see that, of course, it was a very serious state, but we have to understand what happened. What was there? Furthermore, we see the great Rav Yeruchim, Rav Yeruchim Lubavitch, who was the great Meshkiach, the Mir Yeshiva, he says that, he, uh, the, the Mishnah in Avos says that, if you want to see a machloich that's l'shem shemaim, you see Hilod and shama. If you want to see a machloich that's not l'shem shemaim, see the machloikas of Korach ve'adasoi, um, of Korach and his followers. So, you know, uh, it seems to be, the Mishnah says that, you know, the only issue here is that Hilod and shama are l'shem shemaim, Korach and Adas are not l'shem shemaim. So they're coming with legitimate claims, they just have vested interest, but it's not that far away from Hilod and shama, you know, how can that be? So, really we say, so let's try and understand properly. Korach was actually a very great person. Korach was a, a person of of great spiritual power and great spiritual capacity and potential. Um, Korach, he had Ruach HaKodesh, which means he saw later generations would come from him. He saw that Shmuel Hanabi, Samuel the prophet, which our sages tell us Samuel was equal to Moshe and Aaron together. That's how great Samuel was, that Samuel would be one of his descendants would be a descendant of Korach. He saw all of that. And um, he was one of the Noise Aaron. He carried the Aaron, which was only people on a very high level could do such a thing. The problem over here was that um, his Midas led him astray. So what are the Midas? Midas are character traits. All of us have many different character traits that are part of our personality. We have anger. We have desire. We have jealousy. We have um, compassion. We have all of these different parts that make up our person. We have arrogance, we have humility, etc., etc. And when we are not in control and conscious of the inner workings of our being and of our character, what we call our midos, but it's called the midah because it's a measure. Midah, limdod, moedad is to measure in Hebrew. So midah is we're supposed to measure those character traits and have the right measure of them. If we do not check them, if we do not control them, we let them run on their own, so they will control us, and we won't have the right midah, the right measure, and that will lead us to destruction. If we have too much arrogance, if we have too much taiva, we, you know, we, we want to pursue pleasure too much, if we have too much kina, jealousy, all of these things will lead to our downfall in many different areas and aspects of our lives. And that's what happened to Korah, that Korah had a bit of jealousy over there, whether it was conscious at, at, at was subconscious. He, he thought he was the Shem Shemayim. He thought that he was bringing forward the case on behalf of the Jewish people. He thought what he was doing was essential for the future of the Jewish people. But subconsciously, he was jealous that El Tzafan 
was chosen as the Nasi of Shevet Levi. He didn't really want to be the leader of Klai Yisrael. He, he knew Moshe was the right leader. He didn't want to be the Kohen Gadol. He knew Aaron to be the Kohen Gadol. But he felt that he should have been the, um, the head of the tribe of Levi and not his cousin al And therefore he, he, uh, that is what drove his rebellion against Moshe and Aaron, which is quite interesting, isn't it? It's quite unbelievable how a subtle bit of jealousy can lead such a great person to make such a, a, a tremendous error, such a fatal error in his life. So that is such a, a, a important message for all of us to, um, to emphasize and to look at that we all have tremendous potential. We all have tremendous spiritual power and we need to ensure that we use that. We need to be conscious of our inner workings and of ourselves. And we need to use our capacity and potential that Hashem has given us in the right way and make sure that we don't let our midas lead us astray. And that's why the Gemara says, that the difference between Gehenim and Gan Eden is a hair's breadth. In other words, when we do not, when we're not conscious and aware and cognizant of our inner workings and of what's driving us and of who we are and where we're going, so we could easily be led astray. And so just a fine line over there. A little bit of jealousy is what drove Korach on this massive rebellion, rebellion which, lent, which ended in this terrible um, death, this terrible uh, calamitous end of, uh, of his life and of the life of his followers. So it's a very important point, which we'll continue with after this break. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. In conclusion, we've been saying um, some very important things. Firstly, we said that the life of a Jew is all about facing up to the challenges and the difficulties and remaining on the straight and narrow, remaining loyal to your God, trust in God, push through the difficulties without letting, um, without bringing the whole house down and becoming despondent and becoming negative and uh, pulling out, stepping away from our responsibilities. And that we learned from the two incredible verses about the Torah, about when we take out the Torah and when we return the Torah. Um, the one is about challenge where Moshe, uh, Moshe prayed to God that he should assist the Jewish people when they're going through the challenging times. And the other is when we are going through rest and tranquility and things are peaceful and are successful. So we should realize we should then also use those good times to cling to Hashem, to get close to Hashem. And secondly, we've been saying the unbelievable lessons we learned from Korach. And that is that even a great person of the stature of Korach, when, um, he, when such an individual, even such an individual has Bad midas. In other words, his midas, his character traits are not controlled and checked and um, watched carefully. So they could lead him to make such a fatal error and make such an elementary mistake, which uh, resulted in such calamity for him and for his family and for his, for his followers, that we need to be conscious of our inner workings. And we are all like that. We are all, maybe it's on a lower scale. You know, uh, Korach was such a great person. He was like a nuclear reactor, he had nuclear power. And so when that nuclear power went wrong, it caused such a, a massive imbalance and uh, calamitous result. But we too also have tremendous potential. Each and every one of us has an unbelievable greatness inside. 
as we started out with, we all have a soul and our soul is eternal and we are here to connect to God and to let our soul soar and to overcome our loneliness and our, our lowly physical existence in this world. That's our, uh, our, our role. That's our mission. We all have the capacity to do so and reach great spiritual hearts, every single one of us. But when we do not work on our midas, when we do not check ourselves and we're not conscious of our jealousy and we're not conscious of our anger and we're not conscious of our arrogance and we're not conscious of our taiva, of our desire to fulfill our physical pleasures, those things are not in control and in check. They could lead us to terrible destruction and to great loss and great calamities that we bring upon ourselves and bring upon those around us. And uh, just to end off on a positive note, the Torah always tells us, Mida Tova Meruba, that the, when it comes to the side of good, it's more. In other words, the, the odds are stacked in favor of good. It's always better and, and uh, more easier. In other words, there, there's, there's more favor in the side of good. And so if we do check ourselves and if we do have self-control, and if we, we see with the, the sons of Korach, it says, Rachash, Rachash, Libam, they had like a, a small awakening in their hearts. And that's what led them to do tshuva. And therefore they weren't, uh, didn't fi- face the fate that Korach and the rest of his followers fated. And that's why Shmuel Navi, by the way, came from Korach, because it was his children that did tshuva, that stepped back. And it was just from Rachash, Rachash, Libam, those small thought, those small movements and those small steps that we take towards truth, towards Hashem, away from overindulgence in this physical world and towards spirituality, those things go a tremendously long way. And those things are recognized by Hashem and those things are are rewarded by Hashem. And that's what we're living for, for those moments where we say no to ourselves, we say no to our lower self, and we're able to say yes to the soul, the higher self, and yes to Hashem. Because Hashem is, is omnipotent, Hashem is, is all-powerful, and we are, our existence is in order to connect to Hashem. So if we train ourselves and learn to, to hear those echoes of the soul that are inside of us, and, um, and we overcome the lowness of the body, and we are able to connect to eternity and to the spiritual side of our being, so then that's our purpose, that's what we're doing over here. And that's something that Hashem will very much recognize and we, Hashem will always answer us and will always respond if we're able to do so. So any movements we make towards kashrus, towards Shabbos, towards Sneas, towards Tarah in our tefillah, towards Torah learning, whenever we make efforts in any of these areas towards mitzvah's observance, so Hashem sees, Hashem knows, and that uh, will be magnified and we will receive our just reward. So... That is why we're here. That's the purpose of our existence. And that, please God, is the mission that we will all succeed in in our lives. Thank you so much for listening. Stay warm, stay healthy, stay safe, and have a wonderful day.